Good morning, Centerway Church. Happy Easter Sunday to you. My name is Meredith. My husband, Claude, and I have the privilege of leading this wonderful church. And we just want to say welcome to all the familiar faces out there, as well as those of you that might be joining us for the first time. Welcome. We're so glad you're with us. Uh, I don't know about you, but today it feels extra hard to be apart. This is a unique day of celebration for us. And so all the more we would want to be together. But I want to encourage you, what we are celebrating today is not diminished by where we are celebrating. What we're celebrating, the resurrection of Jesus, is as wonderful and as powerful as it ever has been. That said, uh, we obviously still wanna feel like we're celebrating together. And so one of the ways that we can do that is by sharing pictures of what our Easter gathering looks like. So whether you're home alone or have a big family or you're in your pajamas or in your Easter best, would you please share some pictures with us? We have a hashtag, Easter with Centerway. That's Easter with Centerway. Um, and post your pictures on social media and we can all see what everybody's up to. Uh, also, if you would like, we have created, uh, I think there's about six of these, uh, Easter kind of like photo booth props. You can make your very own Easter photo booth at home. Some of them you can print and cut right out. Others you can color first if you would like your kiddos or you to be part of that. Uh, so we thought that'd be a fun way to stay connected. Uh, just some things to note for today. There is a special message that we create every week just for kids. And they will be hearing the same scripture text and end with the same application question, but in a kid-friendly way. That you can find um, linked to on the homepage of our website or go directly to the messages page of the website. Also in those locations are other resources for all of you, not just kids. Devotions and wallpapers and other such things that I'm sure you'll wanna check out. Um, also, we have started a new cycle of circles this past Friday, uh, but I wanna let you know it's not too late to sign up. Circles, uh, of course, we're meeting via Zoom right now. We're not meeting in person, of course, um, but it's an incredible way, even in that format, to stay connected and know we're not alone in this season. So if you go to the website, the Next Steps page, you can find Circles right there and sign up. It's not too late. Another way to connect is by emailing us. You can email us at connect at centerwaychurch.com. And that's because we know that there are layers of emotion and layers of issues kind of happening, and it changes as the days go on and it kind of seems like there's no end in sight. And so it's okay not to be okay, and it's okay to need assistance. And if you do, or you know somebody that does, please reach out and we'll do our best uh, to connect with you in that way. If you're watching on the live platform, there are some things you wanna know, especially if this is your first time. There are some tabs you'll see at the top. Um, first of all, you can request prayer right on the platform. Also, you can explore next steps, you can explore previous messages, you can give on there if you wanna give tithes and offerings, and you can also give us your information by using the communication card, and that's just so that we have your email address or um, we've been sending things out periodically. So if you wanna stay connected in any way, take advantage of that communication card. If you are listening to this or watching this later, um, you can do any of those things I just mentioned through our website. So here's what to expect today. When I'm done talking, uh, Brian is going to read the scripture for us. Then you're going to hear from Claude, and he's going to be sharing from the Bible. And then you're going to see me again at the end, and I'm going to share some ways to respond in worship. So once again, Centerway, happy Easter. We love you. We miss you. And here's Brian with the scripture. Good morning, Centerway Church. Happy Easter. My name is Brian, and I'll be sharing our scripture for this week. It comes from Hebrews 12, verse 25 to 29. See that you do not refuse him who is speaking, for if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, 
Much less will we escape if we reject him who warms from heaven. At that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken, that is, things that have been made, in order that things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Good morning and welcome. Uh, my name is Claude. Uh, my wife Meredith and I are the lead pastors at Centerway Church and we're excited for you to be with us as we continue in our series entitled Loud and Clear. And uh, this morning the message in particular is entitled Gratitude. Uh, this is a special Sunday for us because it's Resurrection Sunday or you might have heard of Easter if you will. And uh, we're grateful that you have the opportunity to, to join us via this online format. We're continuing in our series through Hebrews chapter 12, as you just heard, verses 25 through 29. And as I spent some time preparing for uh, this morning's message with you, uh, I want to share a story, kind of more of a journey through my younger years, if you will. Um, I have two sisters, one older and one younger. And when I was just a wee little lad, uh, before I went to school, I remember these mornings that I would wake up and my older sister would leave the uh, the home and I would be able to look out the window and see this magical yellow vehicle pull up and stop and she would climb on and kids were smiling and jumping around and it would pull away. And I just, with everything inside me, I wanted so bad to get on the bus. I wanted so bad to be old enough to be able to go to school. And so I remember just morning after morning being like, Mom, when will it be my turn? When can I go to school? And then the morning came. And I remember uh, having the opportunity to, to get on this school bus. It was cold and exciting as, as we got on the school bus early that morning. And uh, I remember almost immediately thinking, this is terrible. Uh, it smelled like exhaust, it was crowded, it was loud, it was annoying, and uh, we got to school and I was kind of overcome by the excitement of the day. And, and then a couple days later, and I don't really remember the time frame, if it was a week or maybe even just a day, almost immediately it seemed like I was done with it. I was over with it. I remember saying to my mom, okay, so am I done going to kindergarten now? And her saying to me, no, you started going to school, you go until you graduate. And I was like, when will I graduate? Will it be next week? Will it be next month? And they're like, well, it's going to be a while, son. And almost immediately, I was just devastated and jealous of not my older sister, but my younger sister. Every morning, I'd wake up and walk past her room and she'd still be in bed, nice and cozy. And I would just think, man, she's so lucky. She doesn't have to go to school. And then I remember when it went from kindergarten to first grade. Now I happen to be old enough and maybe you're familiar with the idea of half-day kindergarten. And so I had a half-day kindergarten, which means first grade was the first time I was at school all day. And almost immediately I came home and said to my mom, why in the world am I in school for so long? And she said, well, son, that's 
what the deal is. Like you go to school all day now. And I just remember immediately thinking back like, oh my gosh, people in kindergarten are so lucky. If, if only I could go back to, to being in kindergarten. And so it's kind of funny how that works, right? You're in elementary school wishing that you were in kindergarten that half day where you had the opportunity to go home early. And when you're in kindergarten, you're just wishing that you could be back home and not in school until all of a sudden junior high comes along. And all of a sudden junior high comes along and you're switching classes and you have a locker and almost immediately the excitement of that wears off and you're thinking, what in the world? There's so much homework. There's no playtime. This is a total ripoff. I just wish I could go back to elementary school where things were simpler, where things were easier until you're in senior high. And then you're looking back and you're saying, oh my gosh, I have to worry now about college and what I'm gonna do with my life and who I wanna be when I grow up and what job am I gonna have? And I just wish I could go back to the, to the carefree days of junior high. It seems like every phase of life I was in and that we're in, it's like we're thinking about the simplicity of the, the season prior. You know, and it never ends, really. Like you're in college and you're contemplating what it looks like to, to pay bills for the first time in your life, to have car insurance and to go to work and, and juggle the, the schoolwork as well as the, the job and, and its requirements and all the worries and concerns of your day-to-day. -day. And you're just thinking back to the simplicity of, man, if I could just live at home and just worry about school and if that was my only big concern or athletics. And then you graduate from college and now where's your job and how much are you making and do you have school loan debt and and I know everybody's you know journey is different and regardless of what your journey is if it includes school education or not the fact remains that we have something within us that always looks back to the to the previous season of our life and thinks of the simplicity of it the ease of it really that we took every season of our life for granted and we're in the season we just don't realize how easy it might be in comparison to the next season coming. And so the question I want to ask you this morning before we dive into the text is, why do we sometimes take things for granted? Why? Why do we sometimes take those things for granted? I think we sometimes take things for granted because in the moment, we don't understand its value, right? We don't realize the value of the moment that we're in or the possession that we have it's not that super profound, really. It's not earth shattering to consider the idea that we're not really aware of something's value until it kind of passes us. And then we realize we've taken it for granted. We reflect back on things often, seasons of our lives that were wonderful. I mean, we didn't know it then. I mean, don't get me wrong. We were aware maybe of the fullness of that season on some level, but we didn't really realize how great even the simple things were. You think back, in fact, we even tend to, to kind of romanticize the seasons prior. I mean, when I'm in college and I'm thinking back about the easy days of high school, like it's so, it's so simple for me to forget the struggles of high school, the pain of high school, uh, the relational conflict and all of that. You just remember what it is that you took for granted. For honest, this morning as you're watching from the comfort of your home or wherever you may find yourself, we don't really have to think back that far, right? It was just about a month ago that we took sitting in a cafe for granted, being able to visit and interact with elderly relatives without fearing what we might accidentally expose them to. 
We just took that for granted. The freedom of life. Heck, we even took the liquid gold known as hand sanitizer for granted. <laughs> like just the simple things of life that were completely accessible and easy to take advantage of. And if we really think about the more, I guess, personal things, we start to realize we took a handshake for granted. We took the, the ease and the comfort of giving someone a hug when you see them kind of for granted. In fact, I would say most of us, by and large, and I know that there are a lot of us still working and, and going about our days, but most of us, by and large, took the idea of community for granted. It's just always available to us. When we wanted community, we could have it. When we didn't, we could retract. And now we find ourselves in this season of almost isolation. We realize the deeper levels of what we've taken for granted. The thing that we have to realize this morning as we go into the text is that taking things for granted is a human condition. We do it, like it or not. The seasons of life we move through, the, the stuff, the, the people, the relationships, the interactions, we tend to take those things for granted until we look back. It's not a Christian issue, it's a human issue. You see, we have a choice when we realize something has been taken for granted. We can be angry, right? We can be angry at change. And maybe there's some of you that, that have that anger resonant within you this morning. Say, man, I'm just so angry that things are different. We can get frustrated at ourselves or at outside forces that seem to almost conspire against us different points and seasons of our lives. Or we can express gratitude for the things we took for granted. Listen to that for a second. We can actually look back on the things we took for granted and say, you know what? I want to express gratitude towards the fact that I had access to those things in that season. I'm so grateful for that season of life. I'm grateful for the simplicity of it or the richness of it, the fond memories of it. Gratitude. <laughs> Does gratitude change our situation? or our circumstances, is all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> I'm going to take this position of gratitude. Hmm. I feel better. That was amazing. Now that I'm grateful, all of a sudden, I'm not nearly as furious. No, that would be absurd. Of course. Like, gratitude doesn't change our circumstances. But listen for a second. If we can get this this morning, it can have profound implications in our lives. Hear this. Gratitude changes us. It doesn't change our circumstances or our situation, but a position of gratitude, in fact, changes us. It changes our outlook. Our situations, our circumstances, they remain the same, but you, we are different. That's a powerful principle as we lean into this message this morning. And so let's take a look at how this is revealed in this week's text. If we look at verse 25, it says this, See that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused him, sorry, for if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. See that you do not refuse him who is speaking. Who is speaking? You know, in the original Greek, in this uh, 
phrase is in the present active tense. So what that means is don't refuse God who is right now, today, always today. So tomorrow it will be today. So always active present tense, God who is speaking now, speaking right now. God is speaking loud and clear. Now, remember that we've mentioned the the author of Hebrews in the past is kind of framing things with correct reading of the Old Testament. So here we see that uh, this, this idea of do not escape, do not escape makes reference to the Exodus generation who rejected the voice of God, even though he was speaking to them loud and clear. So they rejected, an entire generation rejected the voice of God. And so the verse starts off, see that you do not refuse him who is currently speaking. See that you do not refuse. This verb refuse is actually very important as well. It means to reject or to pay no attention to. So see to it that you don't reject or pay no attention to God who is speaking now, right now, today, to you. Refusal implies hearing. Think about that for a second. (laughs) You can't reject or ignore something that you haven't heard. So our modern tendency is to think of the gospel in terms of consideration rather than command. But in fact, this shows us that it's an ultimatum of sorts. As humans, we, we either receive or reject the Lord who is speaking loud and clear. Now, I don't know about you, but I hate ultimatums. I absolutely hate them. And I think it's because they're typically coming from a place of control. Someone's trying to control me. And so they give me an ultimatum and that just kind of pushes me away. But this is different. It's a different type of ultimatum. Because what's glorious and tragic about this is that you and I, like the Exodus generation, like the first reader of Hebrews, the first readers of Hebrews, get to choose. We get to choose. It's not a control move. Will we receive or will we reject? But consideration is not on the table. It's a momentary decision. It's you're either rejecting the Lord or you're receiving. So the question is, how will you respond right now? If the Lord's speaking to you now, will you receive or will you reject? It goes on in the verse, it says, For if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth. So they refused, they ignored. The Exodus generation ignored God, ignored him speaking to them. It goes on, it says, Much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. Escape. Escape. It's kind of weird, right? It's talking about a generation that couldn't escape. What about us? What are we escaping? Escape what? God's wrath. God's wrath specifically towards sin. So listen, if we reject Jesus, we will not escape God's wrath towards sin. The gospel is not for consideration. You decide how you will respond. We all either receive or reject. 
difficult to process because it seems like a very definitive, almost ultimative. But if we read on, it says in verse 26 through 27, at that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken. That is things that have been made in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. So verse 26 is actually quoting Haggai in reference to Mount Sinai, which you heard from uh, Pastor Eric last week a little bit, this idea of Mount Sinai, that God's presence makes the created and the temporal quake and shake. And then verse 27 goes on, and it's kind of unique in the text because what verse 27 does is actually exegetically comments on the verse prior. That means it explains verse 26. So verse 27 exists in order to explain, verse 27 exists to explain verse 26. So verse 27, the author basically says, in case you don't understand, in case you don't understand what I mean in verse 26, What I mean is the temporal, the created, will be shaken by God and ultimately destroyed until the only, the lasting things, only the eternal things, the things that actually matter will remain. If you're not careful this morning, you'll think that we shouldn't take for granted temporal blessings. You'll hear the illustration that I gave and the journey that I'm on and, and you'll say, oh yeah, that's so good. I, I shouldn't take for granted the season that I'm in with my family right now or I shouldn't take for granted the season prior. I should express gratitude towards the conveniences that we have. And although that's true on many levels, there's something deeper that's being expressed through the text this morning. You see, Jesus came to this earth and lived the sinless life, always listening to the voice of God and obeying even to the point of death, death on a cross. He endured the wrath of God towards sin so that you and I can walk in freedom and ultimately in relationship with God. He breathed his last and scripture records that in the moment that he breathed his last, the earth was shaken. The earth was shaken, but the story doesn't end there. And this morning we celebrate the victory that Jesus had, not only over sin, but also over death. That the stone was rolled away and Jesus' body was no longer present. He had risen from the dead. Victory over sin and death. We can have freedom this morning. Our life doesn't need to be shaken because of the person and work of Jesus Christ. You see, Easter is about Christ's mercy saving us from the wrath of God that we deserve. He drank from the cup of wrath. That's what he says in the Garden of Gethsemane. Prior to to his death, he says, do I have to drink of this cup? And he's talking about drinking the cup of wrath. We must not take that for granted. 
while we still have air in our lungs, as we still have life to live, that we would not take for granted the eternal things, that we would hear the voice of God, that as he speaks, listen, this present world and all of its material possessions are temporary. They're temporary. They can be gone in an instant. I mean, obviously, you could say, well, that, I mean, I can't even wrap my mind around that. Well, there's a lot of your life right now that you couldn't wrap your mind around a month ago. If we were saying, listen, you're going to be quarantined into your home, you'd be like, oh, yeah, right. There's no way that the NBA would be canceled. There's no way that things would be shut down. There's no way. And yet, here we are. The temporal things, they could just be taken away. And if your hope is placed in this world, it's misplaced. Because it's going to let us down. It goes on. It In verse 28, it starts off, it says, therefore, therefore, which means because. What we just heard and learned about the voice of God speaking and us being challenged not to take for granted, not to to refuse the voice of God. Therefore, because of what God has done, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Grateful. That our response would be a response of gratitude. Not because it changes our circumstances, but because it changes us. That it puts us in a position to acknowledge what Christ has done. You see, in Christ, we're not shaken. So our response when we get to a place of gratitude is worship, reverence, and awe. That we would just say, God, our our perspective has changed on our circumstances. The things of this world, the the temporal, the the things to gain, the job, the stuff, all of these things, they're going to fade away. They're going to rust. They're going to break. They're going to grow old. But only the eternal matters. And so, Lord, We express gratitude and out of that gratitude for the person and work of Jesus Christ, our only logical response is worship. That we would give of our time, of our talent, and of our treasure. Sure. (laughs) But the the actual reference that cross-references this one in the text is Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. It says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, get this, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So we're not even just talking about worshiping with what we have in our hands. We're talking about how our whole life should be worship. God, would you take all of me, my dreams, my hopes, my aspirations, God, I lay it all down before you because of who you are, because of what you've done, because you're worthy. And so with a heart of gratitude, God, in the midst of any situation, I lay my life before you. Our gratitude changes us and our response should be worship. 
it's difficult to wrap our minds around because we live in a world that considers self and then looks back and says, ah, you know, I kind of took that for granted. Are you taking the person and work of Jesus Christ for granted? Are you treating this as just another time to tune in and check out a different service or whatever it looks like in your home? Are you leaning in this season and say, God, would you, would you uproot the idols in my life? The things that are good things, but for some reason I've made them ultimate things. And right now I'm literally going through withdrawal of the idols that I've begun to worship. You see, because we say every week that the text requires something of us. And so I don't know where you find yourself on the scale of spiritual engagement, whether you're a skeptic just tuning in for a couple moments all the way up to the committed Christ follower that's leaning in and asking more of what it is that God has for you this morning. But wherever you find yourself, the text has application. And so I want to ask you a question. I'm reflecting the, the text this morning, and the question is this. When will I take time this week to express gratitude to the Lord? When will I take time this week to express gratitude to the Lord? And obviously, when the, when the preaching and teaching team came up with this application question out of the text, we realized the tension could be, um, when will I? Uh, tomorrow. Next week. Never. <laughs> We're not asking for you to, to focus on that portion of the question. We're actually saying, when will you schedule it? So when will that time be? When will you create margin? There are people that are finding huge chunks of available time right now in this season. There are others of us that are getting stretched like never before, and it seems like we have no availability. Regardless of where you are in the season, the question remains, when will you take time to express gratitude? Because the point is this, we need to express gratitude to the Lord. We're going to hear more about what it looks like to respond through song in just a couple of moments. But before we get to that part, I want you to consider what the application looks like for you this morning. Maybe you find yourself in a place where you say, I've never expressed gratitude to the Lord for what it is, what he's done for me. And so you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. You haven't laid down your life and asked him to be the Lord and leader of your life. And so I want to challenge you that maybe that's your application this morning, that maybe what it looks like to express gratitude to the Lord is to say, God, I'm grateful for what it is that you've done through Christ and I lay my life before you as an act of worship. Would you come and be the Lord and leader of my life? It could be that easy this morning. In fact, if you'd like to pray with someone, you can click the prayer request at the bottom and someone's available to talk you through that prayer if you'd like. Or you can pray it in the quietness of wherever you find yourself right now. Simply say, Lord, I'm a sinner, but I know that you paid the price for my sin, that you died the death I deserve, and I pray that you would forgive me of my sin, come and be the Lord and leader of my life. It can be that easy. That's the beginning of a decision this morning to follow Christ. And you could click the next steps button if you're watching live. If not, you can go to the next steps portion of our website and you can click there and there's options of how you can get further engaged. For others of you this morning, if you've already crossed that line of salvation, I want to give you the opportunity, maybe application and gratitude to the Lord looks like with your time, your talent, and your treasure to just lean in in unique ways in this season. I don't know necessarily what it looks like. I don't pretend to be the Holy Spirit or what it is that God might be speaking, but I know he's speaking. He's speaking right now to you loud and clear. 
And even as we're in this moment, you are sensing something of the Lord challenging you in an area of your life. And so I I want you to consider what it looks like to create margin to say, okay, I'm going to take action on that, Lord. I'm available. Maybe it is in song. Maybe for the first time, you're willing to sing words of worship and praise to the Lord. And so we're going to have more on that, as I mentioned in a moment, as far as clarifying how you can spend time in song, expressing gratitude to the Lord. For others of you this morning that maybe you say, I've crossed that line of faith and and you're doing your best to manage your time, your talent, and your treasure. For you, I want to challenge you. What does it look like to express gratitude to the Lord in a missional way during this season? So much of Centerway is about sending, about the idea that we would be sent rather than just gather. And, and so much of this season really is kind of about gathering in your little pockets of families or however you might be listening or watching. So I want to challenge you to think outside the box. What does it look like to be sent? Does it look like sharing a link of this or another message? Does it look like maybe providing uh, some care to someone that is isolated and alone? obviously going through all the appropriate precautions to keep everyone safe. But I want to challenge you. What does it look like for you to take time to express gratitude to the Lord this week? I'd love to just close our time in prayer. If you would, wherever you find yourself, just bow your heads. And if you want, you can close your eyes. I'm going to pray with us as we conclude. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning fully aware that You have paid the ultimate price so that we can walk in freedom. And God, we just pray that we would not take that for granted. That we would live our lives in such a way that we would daily present ourselves as living sacrifices, God. That you would have all that we are, all that we hope to be, and that that you would just leverage it towards the furtherance of your kingdom for your glory and our joy. And so, God, I pray that you would do what only you can do in this season, that you would meet us in profound and dynamic ways. In your precious name we pray. Everyone said, amen. Amen. God bless you. You won't want to miss next week. It's going to be great as we continue in the series loud and clear. Thanks so much, Claude. That was awesome. Aren't you so thankful for the word of God? I know I am. Uh, I'm here just to share some ways that you can respond in worship to the word that you just heard. But first, I want to remind you about that hashtag, Easter with Centerway. Post your pictures, use the photo booth props if you would like to, but we would love to see what is happening in your world today. Uh, Also, don't forget about the kids message that's available as well as signing up for circles and other resources that we have available to you um, on the website. If you are watching, right now on the live platform. In just a few minutes, one of the ways we love to respond in worship is through song. And we're gonna get to do that with a live worship set. Head over to Instagram Live or Facebook Live in just a few minutes, connect with us there. And no worries if you're watching or listening to this later, you can listen to those songs and all the songs from this Loud and Clear series by going to Spotify, searching Centerway Church and looking for the Loud and Clear playlist. Um, Also this week, we just wanna encourage you to really spend some time with that application question and reflection and just listening to what God has to say about gratitude today. So again, happy Easter. Let's head over to Instagram Live, Facebook Live. We'll see you over there.